The only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Uh, hope everybody's doing well today. Uh, got a really cool guest on the show. Um, it's a fellow named Jonathan Woods, and he's an author of uh, one of the craziest premises of a story that I've, I've ever uh, come across. I've, uh, I'm a couple chapters into this book, and it's uh, fascinating and interesting as hell, and I can't wait to, to finish it and uh, move on to some of your other works. So, Jonathan, how the hell are you today? I am fantastic. Uh, just came back from uh, five days in Minneapolis at a thing called VoucherCon, 1,200 crime fiction fans and 200 authors. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that sounds like a good time. So um, I was looking looking on your website <clears throat> and uh, and kind of through your your uh, bio, and you're you're a very well educated man. Like uh, you've uh, you've got a pretty impressive uh, college resume. Well, I don't know. Picked up a couple of law degrees and an undergrad degree and made a living, you know? Yeah. And now well, I use all that intellect to write absolutely shocking books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy books. And yeah, this is a crazy story. So uh, I guess if you want to give us a little rundown about yourself and how you how you came came about doing this uh what do you call it? Like uh, satirical, um, noir, um, yeah, crazy, crazy genre you've got going there. <laughs> it's all mixed up, but it, it all comes out of um, my earlier books. I, I write kind of pulpy crime fiction, mm -hmm. and it gets uh, stranger and stranger the older I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. I uh, it's it's like uh, I mean I, I've got two two young kids and they come up with some some really crazy ideas and uh yeah yours is this this whole deal is right up there with them except you got a whole lot of you know experience and education uh to to go along with it to make sure that it kind of you don't have to suspend reality too far to to kind of get into the book <laughs> <laughs> well actually i kind of live in a suspended reality ever <laughs> since covid hit so it's been pretty weird but um i really enjoyed writing this book it was a lot of fun to write and it kind of wrote itself i'm not one of these writers that outlines or anything like that i just come up with a main character mr ray puzo ex special forces guy and uh they say go for it ray and mm -hmm. He ends up on this crazy cow ranch down in Texas. So he's kind of looked down on by the local uh, vaqueros, say, but uh, he shows his mark when he uh, starts sh slaughtering feral hogs. The, these aren't, aren't your regular feral hogs. I mean, that, everybody, 
kind of is aware of the feral hog problem in Texas nowadays. And, and people have made some pretty big money of, uh, of hunting them. And, uh, you, you, uh, yeah, you took it to a place I'd never, I, I never saw coming. So, uh, yeah. How'd you come up with that? So I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Back in high school, I read George Orwell's animal farm. And uh, my earlier noir is kind of on the border of surreal or absurdist. And it's mm. kind of between that way of thinking about the world and animal farm and feral hogs, uh, it just kind of all kind of blended together like a good cornbread made with jalapenos, you know? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that that's very very Texas there. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up just uh just north of the Panhandle uh in the southeast corner of Colorado, so I'm 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 uh I'm aware of all those, you know, those those little Texas idiosyncrasies and uh it's uh yeah, it's um so radioactive um feral hogs that have gained intelligence and uh read books and uh it's uh and shoot machine guns and uh, yeah i haven't got to that part yet but no. i I'm, i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> so these hogs feel really put upon you know by this mr puzo who's a crack military killer i mean that's all he knows he's kind mm-hmm. of kind of an innocent character other than that yeah not very worldly so Anyway, these crazy hogs who are now super intelligent, and that's just kind of a given in the book, mm-hmm. they uh, they decided that they don't want to be wiped out, so they start fighting back, just like uh, good Ukrainians, you know. Mm-hmm. They fight back. Yeah. When uh, the uh, humans in Russia invade, <laughs> so. yeah. That's what happens to my hogs, and there's a you know they they basically end up putting the ranch under siege. So, huh? It's yeah, a- it's it's crazy. So, uh, it's funny. Like I was I was telling you before we we started here, I uh, and and it kind of ties into you know this whole the whole world just being kind of weird right now. You know, with with COVID, uh, you know everything everything that has gone on. You know, you had the you you know, I've always been a conspiracy theory like enthusiast. Like I don't I don't buy into all of them, but I I will at least uh, like examine most of them because uh, they're just fascinating. And I I guess you need to start spreading the word that the hogs are coming. Yeah, I see. That, there there you go. I I see. I I went on a, on a similar route, but uh, I was I was investigating these uh, these mutilated cattle. Uh, you know, there's several different cases all across the West uh, where people come across their cattle. It looked like they've been, you know, dissected surgically and stuff. And, uh, and nobody really has a good explanation for it. Um, but it, you know, it, it reeks of UFOs and whatnot. And I, so I said, well, maybe, maybe it's a, a Sasquatch. What if, uh, aliens, you know, abducted a Sasquatch and that there was just a hell of a fight in that, in that flying saucer. And they, you know, the aliens and the Sasquatch came to some sort of understanding and they gave, you know, the aliens gave all this technology to the Sasquatch in order to keep us humans in line. And so then, you know, we called it, I call it science squatch. So 
it's, it's kind of <laughs> kind of the same same premise i don't know i mean there was a, a general idea of where where it came from but it all, it's all nonsense but I, i'm gonna try to make it a thing <laughs> <laughs> well good luck with that you know yeah if you can turn it into some quick cash yeah there you go okay, right i mean yeah uh, it's uh it's funny how the you know the year 2020 was just like a confluence of all these these conspiracies like floating around that just like it was like one big like i mean outside of it being real life it was really quite fascinating that to watch it all unfold you know with the QAnon mo- uh movement with all of the all of the different various uh conspiracies uh surrounding covid with the election and and it was just i mean you had just like a the perfect storm of conspiracy theories and uh yeah it was it was fascinating to watch still is well well the good news about hog wild is it's not part of that it started before <laughs> covid <laughs> I worked, nice i worked on it in a writers group down in san marcos texas okay beautiful little town down in the hill country Mm. And, uh, a lot of good music comes out of that that area it does well it's just a little south of austin so mm-hmm. yeah i uh, a lot of my favorite bands uh, all come come out of that austin austin well you know austin and stillwater oklahoma between those two two scenes that's kind of where most of my my favorite musicians come from um yeah well you know there's a really great song by hank williams jr called hog wild mm-hmm. it's a really really great song so i think that one came out of nashville but <laughs> yeah yeah that I'll, i might use that as uh as the the exit song for for this interview uh, it, it's it's pretty fitting yes you should do that it's a, it's uh, th- i think i will yeah <laughs> yeah so how did you, I was doing it to promote the book on uh, like Facebook and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, so you uh, you said you got a you got a couple of law degrees. How, how do how does that work? Like I thought, just once you became uh, you you know you got your juris doctor doctor and passed the bar, you were just a lawyer. Well, you know, I wanted to be a better lawyer, so I, oh, okay. I said I want twice as much punishment, and so <laughs> I took you know two law degrees. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> you know, I went to a, a small law school in Boston, and I just needed a piece of paper from a big name firm in order to, to kind of pump up my resume. So, oh, I see. I see. Uh, you know, I had a great time as a lawyer. Uh, I worked for a high tech company. It was a multinational. I used to go to Japan and Europe and Mexico. Mm. So you, you've uh, seen seen all sorts of cool stuff. Oh yeah, a lot of my I actually am. I have kind of a love affair with Mexico. It's uh, it features all in almost all of my books um, as a place that people go and get crazy in. So actually, it's a little surprising. Hog Wild is set. South Texas, so I guess that's near the Mexican border, but uh, yeah, a lot of Mexican influence, so <laughs> definitely so, yeah i I've only been just uh right over the border and uh I was when I was in high school went with my church down there to Reynosa, and uh oh, okay. that's the extent of my international travel i've I've been <laughs> quite a few different places here in the states, but my uh my international is just over the border in Mexico. <laughs> Well, I, I really love Mexico. It's too bad about all this cartel 
junk, but oh man, it's awful. Maybe they'll uh, get their hands around it someday, but I hope so. I don't know how you how you fix that, but I like I I work with uh, and I have worked for my most of my adult life with primarily Mexican guys. You know, either first generation or second generation. Uh, you know, in the U.S. and really just terrific people can't beat the food and uh and just you know it's i really i really enjoy you know just that that culture uh and i i'd like to go down there but also i i don't want to be uh you know you know carjacked and robbed and kidnapped or whatever yes yeah yeah and that's not even (laughs) <laughs> that's not even an exaggeration anymore you know it's like that's uh that's not being paranoid that's a real thing that happens quite a bit yeah yeah i used to go over the border all the time down by brownsville into matamoros and now mm. people say don't go so but um my first novel which is called a death in mexico actually is set in san miguel de allende which is this beautiful colonial town up in the mountains about three hours north of Mexico City. It's a gorgeous little town. Mm. And then um, my second novel, Kiss the Devil Goodnight, the second half of it is set in uh, Yucatan and uh, involves actually uh, kind of a crazy uh, crazy cartel that uh, all the... Uh, Soldiers of the cartel go bare-chested, whether they're female or male. So, huh. a little weird. <laughs> yeah, your your style is like uh, it's like Tarantino meets uh, yeah, like meets Animal Farm meets uh, you know, like Jack Carr or Tom Clancy or something. You know, it's <laughs> it's all it's I love it. It's uh, it's it's fascinating. You know, it's uh, and and it, it's it's like a good escape from you know because the the real world's weird enough but when you can find something even weirder that you know that that's not that doesn't take place in real life it, it it's a nice little escape. Well, the book gets funnier as you get go through it too. It's a very funny book. Yeah, I I, I love humor, so it's uh, very unpredictable. So awesome! I, I'm looking forward to back. to finishing it. Yeah, um, has. Uh, any thoughts of turning it into to a movie or anything? Well, I would love to do that. Well, I mean, yeah, that's where the cash is, you know. Oh yeah. Okay, so no cash I, books anymore unless you can <laughs> write them in about eight sentences. So, you know. Yeah. Well, who who would play the main character, uh, Mr. <laughs> Puzo? Mr. Puzo, gosh, who would I have do that? Somebody young and um you know, muscular. <laughs> yeah. They'd have to be, uh, who, yeah. Who, who is that? I don't know. Matt Damon. He's probably getting too old for the role. He is getting up there a little bit. I mean, he's what, 40 something. I don't know. He's, I don't know how old it's hard to tell him with Hollywood. You know, they, the Botox makes it difficult. Right. And they airbrush everything. You know? yeah. yeah. Um, well, so Jack Carr has got that series on Amazon now and, and, uh, Chris Pratt's his main character, and he does a good job of it. It'd be, I think, you'd have to have somebody kind of in that that mold. Which Looks, what series is this you're talking about? It's called uh, Terminal List. Oh, okay. You yeah. would recommend that, huh? Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. If you like, you know, it's kind of uh, in the, it's like a darker version of Tom Clancy. Oh, you know, 
kind of a political thriller, you know, but same, same premise, you know, ex Navy seal, um, you know, and, you know, on a vendetta, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. I, I enjoyed it, but yeah. So it seems like you, you, you draw some of that style and yeah, like, and then it just gets weird. And, uh, we, I like weird. Yeah. Well, I, you know, my couple of my favorite shows are, uh, better call Saul and the, uh, um, the, the predecessor show. Oh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Bad, yeah. Uh, that Bob Odenkirk it really does a good job with that character. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a dark to- story, but it's also very funny. Mm. It very much pokes fun at lawyers who deserve to be had fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either, either fun or they're dire- they're hated directly. I mean, you know. Those yeah. Are, those are your two options. Nobody it's, loves a lawyer. <laughs> I I, th- I think you're 100 percent uh, right on that, and we're we're getting to see like some of the some of the crazier lawyers that actually exist on full display here in the last you know the past couple of years too. So that that's also kind of neat. Like Mr. Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, boy, what a talk about a fall from grace. Yeah, no boy, kidding. howdy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's something else. I uh it, you know if if Trump somehow stays out of jail, it will not because he be because he has good lawyers. It'll be because of something <laughs> else. Like lawyers are my God. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was one of those good guy lawyers. I just worked on the paperwork for the deals. So there you go. I didn't there you go. I didn't screw anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, I've had a couple of experiences since I left my legal career where I needed a lawyer and I really felt, uh, I don't know, underrepresented, mm. not, not vigorously represented, but anyway, yeah. you know, yeah, there's, uh, I think you could go off for, for days on, on lawyers and, uh, <laughs> but they're, 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 it's a necessary profession, but boy, there's a, there's a lot of snakes in it. Yeah. Let's talk about beautiful women. instead. There you go. <laughs> who, who would, uh, who would be the crazy, uh, the crazy ranch ladies in this movie of yours? Ooh, uh, I, I would pick, uh, among others, Chloe, is it Savigny or something? Or Oh, okay. You know her? Yeah. She's a, she's a dark little, uh, you know, yeah, trampy type. <laughs> can yeah. I say that on your? Butt? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we, you can say whatever you want on here, but uh, <laughs> you, you also kind of got to get some of the crazy eyes in there too. So, like, I mean, if AOC was an actress, you know, she's not a. <laughs> that's not a bad pick. You know, uh, she she's she's nice to look at, but she's got the crazy eyes, and you you could believe that she could do she could pull a gun on. Well, she doesn't really believe in guns, but if she did, yeah, you know, she'd pull it on somebody. Yeah, I think she'd end up, you know, selling the ranch and giving it all away to charity. So, yeah, that would be <laughs> exciting, would it? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the ranch matriarch Amanda in this in my in, in my Hogwild novel is uh, out to find a heir to the ranch because her daughter is kind of a loose cannon and her son is gay so she's kind of cut him out of the picture oh yeah and so she wants mr puzo to 
get in bed with his her daughter and ended up as the new the new blood for the family, the, the cross family that goes back to the days of George Washington. Mm. So, yeah, because this is one of those old, you know, old uh, original Texas family ranches that uh, spread into an empire. And yeah, yeah. this is the, the King Ranch. Or, yeah. Yeah. Any of those, you know, the XIT, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I really like the premise. Like I said I, I wish I'd had more time to finish uh, finish it. But I uh, before we talk, but I, I can't wait. To, uh, it, it's yeah, it, it just su- such a crazy, crazy style. But I I'm fascinated by it. Well, it's also you know it's a fast story, so it's a, in some ways it's actually an adventure novel mm-hmm. uh, written in kind of a pulpy. 1950s style i'm thinking mm-hmm. of people like john d mcdonald or uh some of those great they they used to be published by this uh paperback publisher paperback originals mm-hmm. um crest or gold crest something like that i see yeah i i think i i don't know if i read any of them but i i i, I it, it's got a like it was very kind of like rockabilly too wasn't it like there, yeah. that was kind of yeah kind of yeah yeah they're like that that whole like 50s feel it was uh yeah i i gotcha it's uh yeah pinstripes and you know like the the crazy like eyeball paintings in on the cars and stuff <laughs> hogwiles definitely rockabilly yeah 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 that's a good yeah, that's a good uh, handle for it rockabilly yeah i don't think there you, there you go there you go and then it, it ties into that southern theme too because southern you know the rockabilly was huge across the south and uh yeah i i think uh huh yeah when i lived in nashville uh there, there was there was a fabulous rockabilly band the guy the lead guitarist was a guy named webb wilder and he never made it you know big beyond nashville or beyond tennessee but he was he was just fabulous. So if you ever get to, I guess you'd probably pull him up off of YouTube. Oh yeah. Uh, Web wild. Wilder. Wilder. Okay. I'll, I'll look him up. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Cause I, I, I used to listen to, uh, you know, like Reverend Horton heat and that, that, uh, you know, that kind of there, there was a few rockabilly bands that okay. I, I kind of got into. And then, you know, like uh, Levon Helm uh, from the band, he he got his start and you know rock a bit in that rockabilly scene, and it was uh, yeah, kind of a crazy kind of post World War era or World War Two era. Just uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was still some wild people, but it hadn't gone in like full counterculture yet. I mean, they were the counterculture before the counterculture. Oh, definitely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So where, where did you grow up at? I grew up uh, coast to coast. I lived, okay. in, I lived in L.A., Massachusetts, upstate New York, Ohio, Nashville. Um, so I'm a I'm a product of. America, I guess. Yeah. What, uh, Army Brad or, uh, or you just bounced around? Corporate. corporate. Yeah. Oh, OK. My huh. father was a kind of a mid-level finance guy, and he uh, just never could settle into one company. So he was always changing jobs. 
Oh, I see. I don't know what that was all about, but we all have our burdens to bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you really got a, a broad swath of America that that uh, experience. Um, I did absolutely. Yeah. What was your? Uh, I guess your favorite, if you had to pick one. Oh well, it's always where I am. So uh, there you go. I'm loving Dallas. I've always had a sweet spot for Dallas. It's a big. You know, a big city, but it's also a big Western city. So it has that kind of uh, um, Western vibe to it. You can get out in the country real easy. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah I, it's, Texas is a beautiful state. Uh, you go down to Big Bend or uh, out to the Davis Mountains. Um, gorgeous. Or even the hill country where uh, I used to live in San Marcos. So. Mm. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot to see in Texas. It's a big place too. I mean, uh, you go up to the Paladero Canyon. That's uh, that's one of the prettiest things you'll ever see. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, the coast, it, even the coast is nice. I mean, I like Galveston. I like Padre South Padre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my mom, uh, my mom and dad used to live down at uh, Corpus Christi for a little while, and my my mom's favorite place on earth was Snoopy's. That was her favorite place to eat. <laughs> so it's, I think it's time for an advertisement. Oh, okay. Let, let's uh, let's do it. Hog Wild, Jonathan. Uh, oh, from Jonathan Woods. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can, I'm, I'm a no. No, no, feel free, feel free. Uh, it was funny when I was in Minneapolis at this uh voucher con thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I was eating by myself, I always sit at the bar, mm-hmm. at the restaurant I'm in. Oh, yeah, and lo and behold, in one restaurant, I sold books to the customers on either side of me at the bar. And I did the same thing that evening <laughs> in a fancy steakhouse. So <laughs> Heck yeah, that's awesome. I uh I try to every time I'm traveling, I don't I don't travel a ton, but when I do, I keep a big stack of, of business cards and just hand them out at, at the airport bar. I that's that's one of my favorite places on earth, is just your standard airport bar. I just go oh, yeah. like talking to people, you know, just everybody's usually willing to have a, a conversation at the airport bar. You know, if they, if they don't want to talk, they don't sit at the bar. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, uh, yeah. And so I got it's a, and you get, you never know where somebody's from. Like I talked to a guy from Calgary, Alberta in, uh, I guess it was, was it Denver or Vegas? And it was Denver, I guess. Um, yeah, just, yeah, just, you never know where you're going to, where somebody's going to be from and what kind of, what kind of stories I got to tell. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's, you know, always good stories, at least I, open up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, nothing better than, you know, just listening to a good story or, or swapping stories, you know, that's, that's my favorite thing on earth. Absolutely. And drinking the cars, drinking tequila, you got to do that. But. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Texas or Mexico. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh uh, nowadays, uh, it's uh, it's it's tequila and Topo Chico. That's that's kind of everybody's well, drinking. Uh, they call that uh, ranch water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, With pretty a good lime, stuff. Too, a little lime in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of it. It's uh, that's a good drink. It's an easy drink. Yeah. Yep. Pretty soon you're yep. on your behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It it goes down real real easy, and then uh, it catches up to you real quick. 
know, in Mexico, they make margaritas, of course, but um, there's for some reason they're so much stronger than American margaritas. So very dangerous. No, really? Very dangerous. <laughs> they don't put the sweetener in it like we do either. So. Oh, I yeah, I've noticed that about uh about um, the U.S. It just everything's really really sweet. Like that. Uh, <laughs> it might might be why we have an obesity problem. Made. Oh, you're right. Now I noticed that on this trip, how many really overweight people there are wandering around. Scary. Oh man, it really is. It's uh when when you actually pay attention to it, you're just like, holy cow, we are fat. So. I guess yeah. we got it too good too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But hey, uh, tequila's got no sugar in it, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, alco- uh, alcoholic beverages are low calorie. If you don't, uh, yeah, if you don't add sweetener. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's pretty. I don't know if it's healthy, but it's uh, it's less sugar for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I was reading some guy, uh, some doctors talking about, um, you know, when you hit like 70, you should give up drinking because if you want to live a long time, and I, you know, you kind of look at him and say, well, why would I want to give up drinking? <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a... Uh, but that's just me. You know? Yeah. I think he passed away here a couple a couple of years ago, but there was uh, a World War II vet lived in Austin, Texas, and he uh, he smoked stogies and and drank whiskey every day of his life, and he was like a hundred and four years old. And uh, there you go. so yeah, it's it, who knows who knows well, how it all works. Reason, but you know, yeah. don't, don't give up your you know the good things in life just to live for a few more years no no especially all these people now getting uh what are they called alzheimer's oh i know it yeah it's uh too yeah it's i don't know because we live longer now we're more susceptible to it or what but i don't know that that's a weird one that that alzheimer's it just it doesn't seem to that's another one no rhyme or reason it just kind of happens Right, right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that way they can't tell if you're uh, if you got Alzheimer's or not. <laughs> there you go. And then keep, keep reading Hog Wild, of course. But. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Then there people don't know what to think. <laughs> Uh, so who, who are your, some, uh, some of your favorite, uh, like authors and, uh, uh, genres that you like, like if you, if you had to just pick, uh, you know, something to, to read, what, what are you going to? Well, I mean, I read a fair amount of crime fiction. Uh, I tend to go for crime fiction that's a little bit more, I don't know what I'd call it, literary, a little, little more carefully crafted sentences. Mm. I, I, but I, you know, just a couple of influences that have affected my work. I, first, I would mention um, Raymond Chandler, who, of course, is classic crime fiction. His detective, Philip Marlowe, was in oh, okay, the yeah. late 30s and early 40s. And, you know, Humphrey Bogart, mm-hmm. Philip Marlowe in The Big Sleep. 
But but Chandler was famous for his uh, similes and metaphors, uh, very very funny, and I kind mm-hmm. of kind of rubbed off on me. So you'll find a bunch of weird similes and metaphors in the in Hog Wild and my other books. I, I noticed that in like I forget it was in the first you know first couple paragraphs there was there was some some little uh, simile that I I had never heard before, but I liked and. Uh, <laughs> And then the the other writer that's influenced me is a guy named Barry Gifford. Okay. Started out as a poet and then started writing novels and uh, somewhere along the line, probably in the, I don't know, the 1990s, somewhere in there. He wrote a book called Wild at Heart. Okay. That was, he teamed up with... um, teamed up with David Lynch. Okay. And, and they made a movie out of it, a great movie um, with Laura Dern and um, the guy that made the pig movie recently. Um, oh, um, Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a terrific movie, but the book is, I, I think the book is better than the movie, but the book is just very funny. It's kind of a road trip mm-hmm. um, where an ex-con and his his girlfriend run off and the ex-con's girlfriend's mother wants to track him down. And it's a it, but it's a very funny book and it moves very quickly. And that that kind of style is his style. Mm, okay. really, uh, affected me as a as a writer, I think. OK, OK, yeah. And then other writers I like, for example, Michael Connolly. I, I, you know, I mean, he he writes the same book over and over, but they're all really well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a super generous. I mean, he was, you know, he's been pretty famous for years. And I remember before I even published my first book, I went to see him. He came to Dallas. And I went to, you know, he did a book reading and signing or whatever you call it. And mm-hmm. uh, I went up to see him and I said, uh, do you ever read manuscripts? And he rolls his eyes at me and says, uh, not really, but all right, send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent him this manuscript and a few months went by and I figured, oh, he's blown me off, you know. And then out of the blue, I received in the mail a three-page hand-typed letter telling me, you know, what I need to do to fix the book. Huh. And uh, I did. I ended up not doing that. I ended up putting the book in the bottom drawer and starting a new book. Oh, okay. But the thing that amazed me is here's this best-selling writer who's probably so busy, not only writing new books but trying to you know create TV shows or movies mm-hmm. or whatever you know. His, and he had took the personal time to write me a three-page letter after mm-hmm. he read my manuscript. I mean, that is, to me, such a generous act. Yeah, for, for sure. That um, that takes some time. So, like, anyway. just just the typing of the letter takes a little bit of time, but then also re- reading, t- critiquing, and, and, and giving advice on a book, too. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. We that's, didn't have uh, to do that. You know, I've, I've no. had other big seller writers look at me when I ask them if they read manuscripts and they say something like, well, my lawyer won't let me look at manuscripts because I'm no. sued. 
So that's, you know, that's the sort of the kiss off, but mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, that's, have, uh... you have to be generous in this life. I mean, you, you, you asking me to be on your podcast is an example of generosity because here I am, you know, kind of a, Famous writer that you've never heard of. <laughs> well, I uh, here you I, are helping me, you know, promote Hogwild. So, well, I appreciate it. It's uh, I I don't have a huge audience, but so I'm glad that you that you came on. Anyways, you know, it's uh, it's uh, kind of a kind of odd couple pairing, but I I have really enjoyed the conversation, and I I'm like it's a really uh, a pleasant surprise, you know, how much I like this book, you know, because it's. It was kind of out of the blue, but I said, ah, sounds interesting anyways. You know, at the very least, it, it sounds entertaining. And um, that's 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 kind of the, the big the big reason I started this was because there wasn't anybody that I found talking about, you know, stuff that a working cowboy wants. So that's what I do for a living. So I just I figure I put out something that's entertaining that guys like me and the horse all day wouldn't mind listening to. So. I, I, this is, it's been a fascinating, you know, chat. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right. You got to be generous in life. Yep. Give what you give out, you get back. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and you know, there's uh, I, mean, I think there's, there's, there's been missing a lot in, in culture here lately is just like honest discussion, conversation, regardless of, you know, political ideology, people have got way too freaking political here lately. And, uh, yeah. And, um, there's just not enough, you know, discussion because I, I think when you, when you actually talk to people, you find out you're not nearly as far apart as, uh, as a lot of people might think you are. And then, oh, it just, there's a lot of good that comes, comes out of conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll talk to anybody anywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Same here. And I'm a very friendly kind of guy, you know. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it, it's kind of like that old, and I've been using it a lot lately because I've, I've been doing some traveling, but I just, that, that airport bar deal is like, because you just, you never know what you're going to hear, who you're going to, who you're going to talk to, but it's always pretty interesting and you, you, you gain something out of it just, just by, having a conversation absolutely and i you know i think we need the political scene to come more into the middle yeah you know, i agree where people are willing to you know not only talk to each other but compromise on mm. stuff that's good for the american people i don't yeah i think so i think maybe but <laughs> yeah yeah there i think you have to highlight good discussions and, and compromise and stuff and not pay as much attention to the lunatics that are they're making all the noise on the fringe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. And that doesn't mean you have to be a centrist or whatever. It's just like, yeah, you have to be willing to, to talk to the other, other side. Yeah. That, that's, that's the, the biggest thing that you don't, otherwise nothing else, nothing, nothing changes. It just gets worse. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so and, let's talk about beautiful women again. I exactly. <laughs> I don't want to get too serious here. Yeah. No, no, I I, I agree. Um, so <laughs> you, you you're you're also very funny in your writing. Is there uh, is there like any like comedic influences outside of the the stuff that you you've uh, mentioned already? Um. Well, I mean, I always enjoy a good comedic book. I can. Mm. 
think of any quite off the top of my head re- that I read recently, but um, I always go back to Mark Twain. You know, he's he's a classic as far as just like a lot of hidden humor. Like it just it's very very dry. And if you're just just reading and you're not paying attention, you you don't notice it. But if you if you notice it, you're like, man, that was really funny. Just like real clever. <laughs> and uh, but I, I don't know. I I appreciate people that have a, a way with words, you know, turn of a phrase or something. And it's like like those little similes you were, you were talking about that, that, that adds flavor to a, to a good story. Yeah. David, David Sedaris is a very funny writer. Mm-hmm. I actually saw him live. He did a like a just kind of a chit chat thing in front of mm-hmm. an audience of probably a couple of hundred people. And he had him in in uh, hysterics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's something, something to that, just being able, and particularly on the fly, just being able to come up with stuff to, I've, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, thinking quick on your feet. That's a, uh, that's a talent. Yeah. I'm a big fan of um, Monty Python too. I don't know. Oh yeah. But there was not only the movies, but there's also, a, you know, TV show that was on for years out of mm-hmm. totally wacky stuff. I mean, that dry English sense of humor that you suddenly realize they said something out so outrageous that you mm-hmm. end up rolling on the floor. Oh, uh, yeah. The, all the Monty Python stuff is just so, so funny. And they, they don't, there's no, there's no boundaries either. They, it just, uh, it's, uh, it's so funny. I, I grew up on, uh, you know, on South Park. And that's another oh, yeah. kind of absurd. Yeah. And I I honestly think it's the funniest TV show ever made. And I, it's just shitty oh, animation and and just <laughs> just dick and 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 fart jokes mixed with like really, really cutting like social commentary. Oh, yeah. The social commentary is <clears throat> fantastic. Oh, it's so, so good. They are they are so funny. So funny. I uh, and it's amazing how that you know, this like really crudely animated TV show has become like just a fixture of American culture for the past. I think they just did celebrated 25 years or something stupid like that. Well, you know, the hogs characters in my book are kind of like that too. I mean, they become, they become very active and have, you know, discussions and yeah, you know, so they're, 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 major characters in the book and they all have really weird names like Pol Pot Jr. And, <laughs> you know. Uh, Pol Pot Jr. E.D. Amen. That's that's funny. Dr. Mengele the Fourth. And yeah, they so the, the hogs, I mean they read all these history books, but mm. they get it all confused in their minds. And so they end up <laughs> twisting it around so it's uh you know it's funny i that's really funny (laughs) (laughs) i and i'm I'm a history nerd too so i just Mm -hmm. like i i appreciate uh, again any any like you know comedic reference to uh, you know to like some obscure historical or even not up so much obscure but just like you know if you can make a funny reference to history i'm like that gets uh, gets gets me laughing every time well, and, and, and you know they're usually uh, um, very bad people. In, in, they mm-hmm. end up choosing for names for some reason. 
that's that's funny i that's really funny <laughs> and uh a, a writer friend of mine a woman named uh, vicky Hendricks, who writes sort of florida noir very kind of pulpy very sexy um really great great books to read anyway she wrote about Hogwild. she said men are pigs and pigs are men <laughs> and that, that kind of sums up my satiric intent when i wrote this book that's it's not it's not wrong <laughs> it's not <laughs> wrong i um you uh on your website said you split time between dallas and and uh key west uh Key West, uh, that's either a vacation spot or where people just like go to get lost, isn't it? That's, that about perfectly sums it up. Uh, it also actually, strangely enough, it attracts and has continued to tra- attract uh, writers, especially. I mean, Hemingway, of course, mm-hmm. was, but also uh, Tennessee Williams had a house there. Mm-hmm. And one of my absolute favorite modern writers who just died a couple of years ago, a guy named Robert Stone, who um, wrote a book called Dog Soldiers. Oh, okay. Okay. won a National Book Award about heroin smuggling from Vietnam. Yeah. I, I haven't read that, but I, uh, I remember, I remember hearing about it because it was uh, made a lot of news, I think. It did. It was, it, it's a brilliant book. I probably read it four times I, well, I, it's on my it, list now it hasn't influenced my writing because he's a, well i don't know there's a lot of irony in his book so i guess it's influenced me in that respect but it's you know it's written as a very straightforward um um you know, like a historical not, account yeah, not 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 uh not humorous or except in a very ironic sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's a very serious book, but yeah, but it reads like a thriller. So mm-hmm. fabulous writer. He wrote four great books. And then I guess some of his talent started to wane as he got older, but his mm. first four books, which Dog Soldiers was number two, um, brilliant stuff just brilliant stuff i'll i'm gonna put dog soldiers on my on my list uh you know to to read next but uh have you read anything by annie jacobson don't don't know that name okay she does a lot of oh, she she's a really fantastic author but she uh she does a lot more into like the cons uh conspiracy realm but she oh, okay. does it all based on facts like she goes and like does a lot of foia requests and and digging through declassified documents and everything so she's done one on area 51 but it's has nothing to do with extraterrestrials it's strictly about the like the secret airplanes that were developed uh had area 51 and then she does oh. like a whole history of the CIA and the special like the special operations community it's really really good Good work. I I can't recommend her. Uh, oh, no. I'll look into her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I By think you'll enjoy I, it. I want to make an admission. I'm I'm actually an alien. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Did you ever meet meet up with a Sasquatch? <laughs> well, that, there's a, there's some kind of mystical beast that lives in Texas that uh, is kind of like a wolf, like a chupacabra. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe I was on to something. It's not a Sasquatch, but a chupacabra that got abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I was just thinking about Monty Python again, and you know that I forget which film it is. It's one of the movies that has the killer rabbit mm. that goes for people's throats. Oh, what is that movie? Is that the Holy Grail? I think maybe. Holy maybe it is. I can't remember. I I remember the scene. I think it. It's got to be Holy Grail, don't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, yeah. Hog, Hog Wild has a killer monkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you'll meet him later on. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading uh, a, a news article the other day about how the Russians have. Uh, it was the Russians or the Ukrainians? I think it was the Russians that had uh, attack dolphins. <laughs> um, really? yeah and so i i i figure that florida is gonna have attack manatees i don't know what the 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 gulf coast i guess manatees would be in the gulf coast yeah um, i i used to be able to pet manatees when i lived in key west yeah. oh really there was one that hung around uh, one of my favorite bars that was right on the you know on the in a little harbor area mm -hmm. and that manatee would float around and he would come up and he let you rub his tummy. Huh. Hard to believe. <laughs> That's crazy. Those things are huge too, aren't they? Yeah, they're big. They, you know. Yeah, that's wild. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a weird creature the manatee. <laughs> you know. Wild. Um so so what do you uh what do you do besides write and and travel? Um I don't know. Look at beautiful women. Drink tequila. Um, I like to cook a little bit. Yeah. Nothing. What's too, your specialty? Nothing too fancy, but well, I, I really like to do a a, a, a a fillet fried in a in a cast iron skillet. Mm -hmm. About three minutes per side. Yeah, and, good medium rare. Yeah, medium rare. And yeah. It's a lot cheaper than going out for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, when yeah. I, when I was in Minneapolis at that VoucherCon thing, I went to this steakhouse called Manny's Steakhouse. It's probably mm -hmm. been there for 200 years, since 1776, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And uh, I had a, a vodka martini. I had a Caesar salad. And I had a filet. And it cost me... 140 bucks. Oof. Unbelievable. That's, uh, <laughs> I hope it was a good filet. <laughs> it was excellent, but it was a lot of money. Oof. I, uh, yeah, I, I was, uh, we went out to sushi the other night and, uh, and we live, you know, not too far from Reno. And, you know, the deal there is every sushi restaurant is all you can eat. And it was usually it used to be about twenty twenty five bucks, and now I think it's thirty five. But still worth it. Still yeah, everything worth it. is going up though, like crazy. Yeah, what was that? Um, there was a movie not too recent set in uh, Lake Taos. No, yeah, Ta Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe, Nevada, with Tilda Swinton and her son. Is in trouble with some. Hmm. Oh, what was the name? The Deep End. There's, yeah, the Deep End. That was the, the name. Deep End. 
Huh. I've never, that was in Tahoe, huh? Yeah. It's a, it's a really good little crime movie. I enjoy huh. it. I'll have to, I'll check it out. Yeah. Like my, uh, I bet my wife has seen it. She's a, she's a Nevada native. And so she knows all, all sorts of Nevada history. I, I told her she could start her own tour guide service uh, <laughs> in Northern Nevada and, and make a killing. But that would uh, be cool. yeah. So if you're ever in, uh, if you ever get a, a hankering to Sorry? visit Tahoe. If you ever get a hankering to visit Tahoe, give me a holler and I'll uh, we'll show you around. Okay, yeah, exactly. Some so, of uh, Ross McDonald's mysteries are set in that part of the world. Uh, West, uh, Mark, Western Nevada. Yeah, Ross, Mark Twain Ross. used to spend a lot of time up in Lake Tahoe and then Virginia City as well. Mm. There's that's another he, little little writer's uh, kind of haven, I guess. Was he a gambler? Uh, no. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, probably. Probably. I think I think if anybody that lived west of the Mississippi at that point was a gambler of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's- well, Mr. Woods, I appreciate the conversation today. If uh do so. Do all do all the plugs you want to do before we get out of here. Make, make sell all your, all the books you can, so you can drink more tequila wherever it is you go. <laughs> Hog Wild is the name of the book. Where is Heck it? yeah! Whoops! Haven't got this camera thing. <laughs> and it's available on Amazon, basically. Uh, yeah. All right. As an ebook and as a hardback, but a very inexpensive hardback. Awesome. Uh, you gonna do an audio book on it? Um, I might. I'm not sure. Not sure. Awesome. And if you if you're um, if you're you're done with that one, there's four more before that. I, Mad Juju and other tales of madness and mayhem. A death in Mexico. Phone call from hell and other tales of the damned. And kiss the devil goodnight. <laughs> Awesome. I'll, uh, I'm going to make my way through them all at some point, but I'm going to, I'm going to finish hog wild first. Um, uh, it's really, really funny, really, really good read. So I, I recommend it highly. Thank you very much for that. And, um, you know, if you, when you finish it, if you go on, if you like it, go on Amazon and write a nice little review that would help me out too. You bet. I'll do that. So Check him out, Jonathan Woods, Hogwild, and all of his other books, southernnoir.com. Is that correct for your That's website? Right. Yes, uh, southernnoir.com. You can find all the information there. Uh, man, Jonathan, I appreciate it again. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. A pleasure talking to a bunch of cowboys. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Now, uh, move your ass. We're burning there. <laughs> Okay. Well, I was born at a party in a barn With a guitar strapped across my arm So I learned to play in a different style Everybody knows that I'm hog wild Well, I pick it high and I pick it low with my teeth and pick it with my toe You can hear me play for a country mile 
Everybody knows that I'm hog wild. Make you wild, make you wild, make you wild, make you wild. 